Okay, so, hi honey. Hi baby. Here we are, um, kind of jumping off of a, I don't know what the hell we're doing, Cliff, of, of podcast. S- setting up a new podcast, something that, uh, probably a new way of answering the question of how do Dave and Jenny keep a relationship like they have. Hell if I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so we decided to do this podcast to kind of give back and share our 40 years of being together. Not 40 years of marriage, because that's, that's a lot, but we're at 37 years of marriage in October. 40 years ago, this October 14th, we met. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and we, we've been married all that time, and it's, it's, been, it's had its ups and downs, um, but what people have, have told us from the outside repeatedly or asked us is how do we make it work the way we do and I don't think there's any single answer to that or any quick answer to that but we're going to we're going to work with this podcast on talking about the different parts of our lives that have worked and what hasn't worked and hopefully you can relate to that and we'll um move forward I want to get some feedback from our uh, listeners as well so we can talk about what they have to say Yeah that would be good <laughs> That'd be nice. That'd be nice. Oh, uh, inside joke. Yeah. So, um, I think it'd be a, a lot of people that might be listening to this, our friends or people that we know might already know how we met, but uh, I think it's nice to share how we met that long ago. What do you think? Should I tell the story? I know I tell it. I think I, <laughs> I tell it with a lot more <laughs> entertainment. <laughs> It's well, like, I don't know, you said, wait, it's like, wait, is that how it happened? <laughs> is, is that how we met? I looked at it through different eyes. Of course. And that is what is the truth of, of I think, any relationship is, you know, well, wait a minute, I don't remember it being like that. You know, because when we're kids growing up and siblings in the same family, we'll say, well, I don't remember it like that, right? Mm-hmm. An episode or something Childhood that memory is completely different from adult memory. Right. Yep. So I'm gonna share from my memory. Yeah, but forty years ago. Yeah, you were eighteen. 18. Yeah. So I mean, it's that's the point in your life where this this journey started. Right, and you were another number. <laughs> eighteen plus seven would be twenty-seven. Seven? No, you're nine, nine years older Excuse than me. me. Nine. Remember, nine I need years the right name. older. <laughs> Lest I ever forget. Okay. And it's remained that way. The, the gap has not closed. But I think our uh, emotional gap maybe has closed, or our learning gap. But I think it's, so it was the summer of 1978, and I had just graduated from high school, which kind of brings it into perspective as being... Wow, I was really young, so I had just graduated in June, and it was October, and I started going to see the Knack, you know that, you guys know that, who maybe, who doesn't know the Knack, but the song My Sharona, da 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 da, da. anyway, <laughs> so um, uh, with a guy that I was dating at the time, and we found this band they'd started doing local clubs in Hollywood here the Troubadour and the Roxy and stuff and so we started going to see them and I loved the band I thought it was so cool like the Beatles uh, my Beatles because I was not 
old enough to really appreciate the Beatles at that time. So we started going more and more. And then um, the Friday night before, he stumbled and twisted his ankle so he couldn't go to the second Saturday night set of The Knack. So I grabbed my girlfriend, Vicky, and off we, we went to The Knack together and promised to stick together side by side because we were only 18 and I was kind of nervous going out into Hollywood mm-hmm. uh, alone. To or the just To the Starwood. It was at the Starwood on Santa Monica Boulevard, if anybody remembers that back in the day. It was a huge club with uh, live bands and then a disco on one end and pool tables on another end. <laughs> anyway... So we walked in, we watched the first set of The Knack and then said, you know, let's stick together. It was really crowded. And she went to use the restroom and left me stranded for a half an hour. And I was really mad. I was pissed because, you know, she left me and she came back and she had been partying a little and was with some guy. And she says, oh, you have to come backstage and meet this guy. He's really cute. He's... Harry, this guy that she was with, it's his friend. And I was mad at her. I don't want to go. You know, I'm mad at you. You left. She goes, oh, come on. And I remember opening the doors to that back uh, backstage and um, looking down this hallway and seeing this handsome guy standing there in his polyester vest and pants. So you got to remember 1978 is during John Travolta. Tuxedo. Tuxedo. Mm-hmm. You were just wearing a vest oh, that was the... and uh, was part polyester of pants. Part of a tuxedo. Oh, okay, Dave reminds me it was part of a tuxedo. But anyway, it was what was the Saturday Night Fever, John Travolta? Mm-hmm. And every time I think about that, I think about, oh, that dance that he would do. Um, it wasn't a white suit like John Travolta's, but I remember thinking, oh, he's awfully cute, but boy, I got to take him shopping because that outfit <laughs> wasn't... <laughs> wasn't great but anyway so we walked I walked over there and we said hi and talked for a little bit and um talked and stuff and partied a little bit and then went down to see the second part of the knack second set and danced and had fun and that was kind of the beginning of it um I remember Vicky got your phone number from Harry and she called me the next night and said, um, did you get his number or you want his number? And I said, I didn't get his number. She goes, you should call him. I got his number. So I called you the next day. I was at work and we kind of got together. And I think it was at that time that you told me you had a girl that was you were living with. And um, I said, okay, well, that's, I'm not, you know, that's okay. You know, I'm I'm only 18 and that's okay. And you know, no, 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 you said I, I'd like to take you out on a date, and uh, it's okay. So you came and picked me up, and I, we found out we lived... Close to each other. Right walking distance from each other. He mm-hmm. lived down the street, which was really weird. I was still living at home, <laughs> of course. So you came and picked me up in your Camaro that was this very nice Camaro. 68 with the 327. <laughs> Blue. Blue. And uh, I think you opened the door for me and everything. You came to the door. That was my first like official kind of mandate. Mandate? Mandate. Uh, okay. Because um, you were such a gentleman. And then we went to the Hungry Tiger for dinner. And um, I'll never forget because I thought this was so, it was so great. And I think this was big for you to just 
take me out, right? Because you hadn't really done fancy dinners before. Not much. Not, not much. So um, I remember you asked me, you said, what do you, what looks good on the menu? What are you going to, and I said, I don't know, the chicken, this, this one, I pointed to it. And so when the waiter came back over, you said, the lady will have the chicken. And I remember thinking, oh my God, he said, the lady will have the chicken. And I said, well, I never thought of myself as a lady. And he just (laughs) ordered for me. And that was so cool to have you order for me. And it was very different and very mature. So as we sat there at dinner, you proceeded to tell me that you were 27 years old, that you'd been married before, you had a daughter who was nine, and slowly I started thinking, oh my God, take me home, because this is ridiculous. There's is no way that we could get together or have this be more because we were on totally different in different worlds. And a nine-year-old daughter, nine that was nine years less than me at the time at 18. So it was a little overwhelming um, but it was nice. I remember thinking, do you remember the show Dr. Laura that had her radio show? <laughs> yes, I hated it. <laughs> you hated it. Anyway, I listened to Dr. Laura and she, we would have been the, the typical, there is no way this relationship is going to last. Um, because, first of all, we met at a nightclub. You were so much older than me. You'd been previously married. There were just things against the relationship. Certain amount of intoxication involved. Yes. <laughs> So I think a lot of that, which is so interesting to look back and think, because I always remember Dr. Laura would have, you know, always thought there's no way. I mean, we were just not the way we met and everything. But here we are 40 years later, and um, uh, it was nice. So, the cli- Yeah, the cliches don't always work. Right. So, well, know, we've learned meeting that. A, meeting in a nightclub does not mean it. You can't possibly find somebody there. It's possible to find a like-minded person, as we did. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I remember most of the date pretty much that same way, um, especially the good-looking guy at the end of the hallway part. I remember that. I think I had a pose going on against the wall. Or you did. <laughs> you did. <laughs> did you know I was coming? No. Did you know that they she went to get her girlfriend? It, I, I don't recall. It may have been that way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, the the my my the way I got to that nightclub was um, there was this guy Harry. I called him Crazy Harry, and um, Crazy Harry was called Crazy Harry because he was pretty crazy. He did a lot of wild stuff, and I sort of tagged along with him a lot of times. And we were going to this nightclub in Hollywood that I'd never heard of called Starwood. And uh, um, Harry knew this bass player, and and uh, there was a connection there, and he wanted to, me to go see this band that his friend was in. And that's how that's how I ended up at the nightclub. The one thing I I remember that that um, was the most striking for me of the evening wasn't that hallway portion of it. It was when I saw you uh, on the dance floor in front of the band. Um, I was up close to the band and you, you were coming from the back crowd and you were kind of like, your step was kind of hoppy and you got this beautiful flaming red hair and you had a little tiny white beret on. And I remember seeing you and thinking, oh my God, that girl is gorgeous. And, and we got connected. Wow. 
<laughs> oh man, you know, and and the stuff that Janie was talking about too. Um, all of that, you know, the stuff that I revealed. I tried to stay honest as much as I can, and so when I we went to dinner and and I wanted to let her know who I was and what my background was. Most of that, you know, it's exactly as she said. The um, I got married really young, uh, when I, and I lived up in Aberdeen, Washington, and. Um, uh, my wife and I had a child up there, uh, Margie, my baby, my first baby. And um, uh, after about five years, um, we realized that the two teenagers that had gotten married weren't going to make it as a lifetime partnership, so we broke up. And then I moved from the little logging town that I grew up in, and I was definitely a small town boy. Um, I moved to Seattle for a couple of years, and then I... Um, came to California in 77. I put the my whole life <laughs> into the trunk in the back seat of my 68 Camaro and came to live the Hollywood experience. I got um I got into the studios through my brother. He was very helpful in that and my life turned flip-flop. I went from the small town boy to the to the Hollywood uh, movie maker, <laughs> so to speak. I was a prop man. <laughs> um yeah, now the the I don't know where you want to go. That's kind of who we are. Um, we are. Well, where we started. That's where we that's started. That's who we are. Yeah. I, yeah. The, I I um. I was still drinking and using at that point, so I think it's important in the chronology of knowing uh-huh. who I am that in 1987, um, I I quit all forms of drugs and alcohol and and. I've lived a very different life from there forward. It was a big part. I mean, 1978, mm-hmm. you know, it was a big part of a lot of people's lives. It was very normal. Yep. We partied hard and, you know, that was just kind of part of it. But I, um, you know, I think it's just so fascinating when you think about how people meet and how they come together. It always just amazes me that we found each other and you know, it worked out and we've worked hard to make it work out and we've really invented it as we've gone along. Mm-hmm. And I think that what was so important for us is just to create it ourselves and try not to allow our past and our um, dysfunctional families, because everybody has them, to dictate how we were going to do this relationship. And since I thought I was thinking about this earlier today before we started talking, mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, this is what our podcast is going to be. We're going to do a topic each week, and Dave and I aren't going to talk about it until we sit down and do the podcast and, and talk to you guys about it, because I think that's really good that we'll just... Because today, we didn't plan what we were going to say. We're just, just off the cuff, and I think this is good. This is fun. I was thinking about the fact that we are both the babies mm. in the family, yes. um, which causes... Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting because we talk about how we grew up in our childhoods and being the babies, you know, oftentimes people say, well, we're the spoiled ones. We had it easy. Our older brothers and sisters had not, not so easy. And I mean, you know, for sure in yours, because there was a lot of abuse and there was a lot Mm -hmm. of pain. Um, but my brother and sister are always, you got, you know, you had it easy. I said, no, I just paid attention. And so I think it's interesting that again, two babies together that can be very selfish and self-centered and kind of all about me, which we've, you know, kind of worked through also. But 
What you were talking about there for a second or two at the front end of that was uh, what I've always referred to as inventing our relationship as we go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if I was to say one of the very few things that's that's made the biggest difference is we've always done that. We've never we've never relied totally on somebody else's input on what we should do. We've always you know, looked each other in the eye and say, how are we going to get through this to make it work? And usually that involved inventing something different than what other people had done. And I think that's probably one of the keys to all relationships, is just stay open to the possibilities and invent what's going to work in the next moment. For you, for you two. Because mm-hmm. like we said, it's Janie, Dave, and our 40-year relationship. Because right. that relationship, as we've learned, is an entity of its own. And it created, we, the two of us, when, whenever two people get together, there is that third thing, that energy that's created because of you two. Mm-hmm. Like a child being born, not only that child is created and, and developed because of the DNA, the two mix, and it's same with relationship. Those two people mixing can, you know, sometimes be real volatile too and real passionate and a lot of energy um, or just easy you know, some people come together and it's difficult, but there's there that energy, that third, I don't know if you'd even call it a person, the third entity that's created. Well, so. It's like a third being. It, yeah. Two people together is two separate people and the relationship is its own being. Mm-hmm. And, and you individually, we support that being and being healthy. And when it's not, then we need to work on it. Mm-hmm. And we're still two different people. I remember... When was it when we got married, the lighting of the candle? Was it, do you remember that we both had a single candle? We lit the, the unity candle. And then we lit the one together. Mm-hmm. And then were we supposed to blow ours out, meaning that we then became one, but we didn't, we chose not to? Yeah. Because, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. So we each had a candle. We lit one. That means we've come together. But then it was. You're supposed to blow out our individual candle and put it back in the holder. And we both left it burning so that the individual was not gone. Yes. Oh, my God. We were so smart back then. Yeah. Well, we thought we were. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I love you. Oh. It's... So, I don't know, I, and I, it's so funny because there's so much going on in my head that I want to talk about and I'm excited to do this podcast because I really feel, Dave, you and I can sit and talk for hours, which has always been something so great. Um, that's how I finally realized, oh my God, you are the one because you listen and you hear me and you see me and we've always just had that ability to talk until mm-hmm. we didn't, until, until things kind of got a little awry about six years ago and we had to reinvent. But that's a whole other podcast. I do want to go... It's a few. Yeah, a few away. I do want to go back to something else I was thinking about and our our personalities, mm-hmm. how they're different. But I think what's always so funny to me, which strikes me as funny, is how we were did similar things when we were kids. And that's kind of our core of who we are. Mm-hmm. When... I told you, or I don't know who told each other first, you told me that you would, well, I'll tell mine and then you tell yours, that I would gather the friends around in the neighborhood and I would make them pay dues for my club Mm -hmm. and they would have to give me money, um, their allowance, um, and I would collect it. Um, or I would 
you know, I would make things happen. I would do shows. I would make projects and go sell them around the neighborhood. Um, I was always making things happen. I was always figuring things out for myself. Um, my mom would say, I don't know, figure it out, make it happen, do it. So I was always doing that and how I would get the money, uh, that was given for the dues and I would, you know, have all the kids pay. And then we'd go down to Seven Eleven, and I'd say, okay, good job. You guys all paid your dues. Now I'm going to let you buy candy. <laughs> <laughs> and they thought I was so great. Wow. The president of the club is, is buying us all candy, right? Well, with the money that they gave me, but sure. still, I looked good. That's kind of like our government. <laughs> so anyway, I thought that was funny. And then your story, when you were a kid... Well, that, it was very similar. Uh, the, um, I was a church-going little boy. We're talking way back there. This is like, oh, between five and seven, somewhere in there. Way, really long time and, ago. Um, my... My two nieces and my nephew were were my club, but my club was a church, and because I I was a, I was I was um, always taken to church on Sundays when I was that young, and and um, I knew all the routine and the rituals, and so I would I would do this thing where we would go out into the woods, and we had this place that was our our church, and um, I think I would talk about God or Jesus or something like that. But always I would pass the hat. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow I ended up with that money. I, I don't know. But, I think um, it's funny. I've talked, with, I've talked with them since, and they, they always remember it fondly. So I guess we didn't, I didn't take too much of their money. <laughs> but yeah, we were both organizers. You know, I did another one of those when I was in um, Aberdeen when I was a young boy. I was like, I don't know. 11 or 12 and I for I formed the Southside Track Club and uh, we would we would do track exercises in my my backyard and time each other on the mile run did you make them pay dues of course yeah (gasps) you did it wasn't a make it was like the dues are blank 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 but and what'd you do with that money I don't remember that was a long time ago (laughs) (laughs) organizers and 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 uh, donation collectors I guess (laughs) <laughs> but I think it's funny, and um, I don't know, I think that that's something that I've always laughed at, because, you know, I'm sure that's part of, you know, that's who we were naturally, that we would just kind of do those things, and I think it's still, of course, yes, you change as you go, as you grow older, but there's parts of you that stay the same, you know, if that's something you did naturally, it's something that you do, and you and I have always liked that, we always we, like to organize things, gather things, gather people, and know. have it be unique. Yes. Not no. what other people are doing. Yes. Oh, yeah. God. God forbid. We like to be different. <laughs> right, Dave? So, um, by the way, I am, my name is Janny, and it's pronounced <laughs> Janny. Originally was Jeanette, um, and my great aunt came to visit me on the day after I was born and, and looked at me in the little crib and said, oh, well, hi, little Janny. And my mom thought that was great and spelled it out, J-A-N-I, and... I've been Janny ever since. Jeanette only if your I get name? yeah if I get in trouble. But so uh, Janny and I'm 58 years old proudly, and mm. I love it. I love my 50s. That's something else I'd love to talk about on the podcast too, age and how it's really affected us. And I know with you being nine years older, you've always said, um, you know, you kind of are going through your stuff way ahead of me, and you've been so patient as I've gone through mine, especially being married when. 
you know, 21. Mm-hmm. I got married at 21, and then Dave turned 30 on our honeymoon. So, But the patience goes both ways because, you know, everybody goes through stages of their life where they have to learn new stuff, and it, and it throws us, speak first person. I've gone through stages of my life that have thrown me off of my game. And it makes me not the best person I can be when I'm going through those changes. And you've always been very patient with that. And the same goes the other direction. Mm-hmm. Some of those that you were just talking about are like stuff that I did nine years ago, you know, because I'm mm-hmm. nine years older. But uh, I've, I'm, I really liked the way we handle getting through uh, the troubles of life. You know, you look back on them and they're always the things that you learn the most from. Mm-hmm. or I learn the most from. Mm-hmm. So we have about six more minutes. Should we talk a little bit more about, so we, about our early, kind of, so we met and then didn't, kind of didn't date that first year because you were still, you still lived with that, with Naomi for a mm-hmm. little bit and then um, invited me over for the big sit down to ask if I cared night. Ah, oh. he invited me over to the house, to the apartment where he was living um, and said, come over, I, I want to talk to you. So, you know, okay. We had been kind of seeing each other on and off, but not because he, you know, was living with somebody. So, and I was still so young, I said, you know what, I just started acting in commercials and I really wanted to kind of see the world and then date and date because I hadn't really dated in high school. So, um, one night he said, come over. So I knocked on the door and she answered the door, Naomi, <laughs> with wooden spoon in hand she was cooking up a fabulous meal for you and I thought oh no what what is going on and uh crazy Harry who was Dave's best friend was sitting on the couch and they both kind of looked at me weird and she said oh come on in you must be Janny and I thought oh my goodness gracious this is weird but um she said have a seat you know Dave I guess should be home soon so this was before cell phones and everything so you were on your way and you came flying in the door about five minutes later um, expecting to have been home earlier and asked them to step out, please. <laughs> and I thought, okay. And I remember sitting in that chair with my arms crossed and legs crossed thinking, okay, what the hell are you doing, mister? This is so embarrassing and uncomfortable. And you knelt down in front of me and you took me by the hands and you looked me in the eyes and you said, I just want to know if you care, right? Is that? Yeah, there was a preference, uh, there was a preface to that. Uh-huh. Um, I said in the in the time that we had had together, I recognized something that I th- felt was very special. There was a bond going on between the two of us that I recognized as being something unique, special, different. It lit me up, and <clears throat> I was not, I didn't want a commitment from you, like you know you're going to be my girlfriend or a marriage or something in that moment. What I wanted to know. And the reason I looked you in the eye and said, said do, you re- do you feel that there's something special going on here? You know, and <clears throat> I think you were kind of questioning it at first. And then I said, all I'm asking is if you, if you see that there's something special here and there's, that, be, that you and I might have a relationship that's, that's really unique. And I said, I feel that, but I need to know that you feel that too before I can make my next step. Mm. Which was a whole lot of stuff with changing relationships. And By the way, it was George that was there, not Harry. Oh, George. Yeah. 
Oh, even worse, because he really, yeah. He hated you. <laughs> oh! <laughs> he hated me. Great. But but your answer, which is the, the important part, was yet you said, yes, you did recognize that there was something special. Yes. And I think it was kind of undeniable myself. But. Yes, but still, I wasn't ready to commit to anything. Well, and I sure. said, oh gosh, don't make any big changes because of me. And you said, oh no, no. And you, you basically said, look, I'm here for you. And um, I'm going to do what I do over here. And you know what? We'll just talk when we talk. And I left. And I remember thinking, okay, that was interesting, weird, interesting. Oh, okay, my goodness. And then the, soon after that, she moved out. And you never put any demands. You didn't, yeah, didn't say, okay, now we're a couple or we need to date. And I remember we would go out occasionally. And then I would start to date. All those actors or people I would, you know, men I would meet in my business or wherever. Mm -hmm. Such handsome, beautiful to look at sitting across the table for a dinner, but the most boring. <laughs> and didn't, and I kept thinking, boy, if Dave was here, we'd be talking about all sorts of stuff. If Dave was here, if Dave was here, if I was sitting with Dave. And that was this really great thing that I needed to do at that age. To, it was like a comparison, but which it was. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't want to say, but it was. And I kept going back to you. I kept thinking, but Dave is so comfortable. I'm so comfortable with him and attracted were, to him and, and all that. So. You, were, you were a free and wild spirit. I know you're looking at the time, but I've I got to say one thing. It's very important that my approach to that portion of our relationship was I would not do anything to stifle who you were. And I referred to it as like a wild horse running free. I could maybe you know, shy you away from jumping off the cliff, but I couldn't stop you or throw you a saddle on you. You were not going to have that happen to you. You needed to stay that unique, wild redhead. And you still have. I mean, you're that same person to this day. So I think that created an attraction rather than a dominance, which oh, worked yeah. out perfectly. Aww. It worked into our partnership. Honey. <laughs> it is perfect because if you would ever have tried to corral me, <laughs> I would have been out running so fast and mm -hmm. so far. So it was perfect uh, because I couldn't, yeah, I just couldn't. And I think what's so funny too. And I remember when I think we fell in love and I really fell in love was when you were gone and you went to Dallas and you went to shoot that show, you went to shoot mm -hmm. the show Dallas. Right. And that, you know, mm -hmm. absence makes the heart grow fonder. And it was so true. And I realized how much I missed you at that time. And so it was probably a year after. And then we started dating for that next year. Pretty solid dating. And then got engaged because I had a dream about the ring. Said it. We got engaged. And my mom said, can you just wait a year till you're 21? Sure, mom, we'll wait. And so then got married. And I literally lived, I lived at home until we got married. That's so crazy to me. To think about that too it's so old-fashioned and I I don't it it's so funny because I never thought that I would be married so young it wasn't when all my friends were talking about it in school I want to be married and have a boy and a girl named you know Sally and John or whatever and have a white picket fence I'm like no I want to travel the world I want to do this I want to do that and here I was one of the very first of my you know, peers to get married at 21, not an, a thing I expected to have happen, and yet it was exactly. But it um, wasn't a tie down, it was a exactly. opening up. Yeah, yeah, it was an opening up, it was a sharing of our of our partnership. Mm -hmm. And 
I remember saying to you, because I did not want to feel, especially at 21, like I was tied down or that my life was, quote unquote, over all of a sudden because I was married or that I was lost in this marriage or that I lost myself. And I remember saying to you, look, I'm a good cook. I actually liked cooking and I will cook up these really great things, but not every night. So don't come home expecting to have meatloaf and chicken and me and an apron cooking. You know, okay, here it is, honey, and sit down and have dinner. And Thursday nights, I go out with the girls, no questions asked. So if you're cool with that, you know, we can get married. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, that sounds good. Have you ever worn an apron? No. I don't think so. <laughs> so again, it stereotype would, of me would, putting me in an apron. It would be a costume if you did. Yeah. So that, I think, too, because, see, we worked that out. Because I said, I had, look, I'm not... I don't want to fall into this role, right? Mm-hmm. This role of whatever that was, role of wife. Right. And um, you also understood uh, my work. I was working in the studios and um, we didn't have cell phones back then and, and connect, you know, making communications was really hard. And <clears throat> I knew at night when I was at home, I knew what time I had to be to work in the morning, but I had no idea where I would be or when I would be off in that day. It could be eight hours later or it could be 18 hours later and I could be I could call you from Las Vegas and say they decided to shoot here and put us up in a hotel I mean it was that and and you had a complete understanding that when I left in the morning when I came back was variable Mm -hmm. and you were always good with that and I think that that helped us a lot too a lot of people in the studios um, get divorced because they 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 lose track of the person on the other end they can't depend on when they'll be home because the woman is sitting there with her meatloaf or her chicken <laughs> Don't waiting, the apron. in her apron waiting <laughs> for the man to come home because she has no life. No freaking life. Or, or, you know, it's all depends upon this, this thing. You know, you, you are, you complete me. Oh, God, that, you know. That, oh, that's or, a whole different conversation. But, but you know what I mean? So I didn't <clears throat> sit there and you were not just my whole everything life. So I understood I am now, it. though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that shuts you up in a hurry. If you say so. <laughs> are, are, have we introduced ourselves? To, does our podcast know who we are now? I did. Are, did okay. you? I think so. I think uh, we should think up a topic for the next one and, and do that. And what's your name? Oh, I'm Dave. <laughs> no fancy spellings or stories about being named. It's the typical David out of the Bible. And you are... Uh... As I'm we know, nine years older than me, so you are... Nine is my magic number. 67. Yeah, I'm... You're so old. I'm 68 for now, or mm. 66 for now, and I'll be 67 in October. Oh, that's right. I'm yeah. pushing you a little bit. I'm the ninth of nine kids. I'm nine years older than you, and you are nine years older than my first daughter. Yeah, and we said that already at the beginning of the podcast. Oh, you we got the three nines part? in there? I love that three nines. Nine is my number. Oh, yeah, that, I told them that at the beginning when we were talking about you taking me out to dinner. Well, they probably weren't paying attention. Oh, <laughs> maybe. Well, if we haven't bored them by now. All right. So, um, okay, I think that that's, at least that's a start so you guys get to know a little bit about the Janney and Dave beginnings. And as we said, if you read a little bit about the description of our podcast, it did say groupie and addict as, um, you know, are also known as titles. So, yes, I was a groupie for the Knack, and we ended up going around and seeing the Knack a lot. And it mm-hmm. was so fun, such a great, fun part of our beginning of our relationship. And, um, yes, 
I Married an Addict. That, my friends, is a whole other podcast. <laughs> it sure is. Which I think we've decided will probably be about five or ten podcasts worth of uh, what it's like to be married to an addict and... Uh, or to be. Or to be one. Mm-hmm. And a grateful one. And oh, I am yeah. grateful for, for it, too. And I oh, I have it. no regrets, by the way, just in no. case anybody wonders. Oh, hell no, no regrets. So, where are we now? So, so are we going to so, queue up something for next podcast? Or? Yeah, I, I'm not sure. We don't have anything. I don't have anything written in front of me. So, the next podcast... Um, we talked a little bit about attraction. Maybe we should continue on that road? Maybe. We'll see what we feel. How's that in the moment? I don't know if there's not necessarily a topic, but maybe by the time we get our next podcast going, we'll do a topic we'll and we'll introduce way. a topic um, and then what we'll talk about or we'll just kind of wing it and check in weekly with how we how our week was too. Also, we got all sorts of titles, you know, mom and dad and actress and prop master and interior designer and, and studio stories. life coach and all sorts of things to talk about with you guys. So. so- Wrapping up our introduction episode, this is Dave and this is... Janny. And we are going to talk to you again in a week. We'll say, yeah, these will be sent once a week. We'll do them once a week. Maybe more, but... See you on the next podcast.